Hi, everyone. Uh, great to be here. Great to be uh, host hosting a, a Twitter Spaces. It's the first one for me, so you'll have to excuse any boomerisms that comes up with, you know, uh, making people into speakers or whatnot. Uh, Anyway, it's great to see everyone. Great to see so many of my friends here and people with the everything divided by 21 million in their Twitter handles. And uh, I'd like to start off with uh, uh, discussing what we're uh, what we're actually celebrating today. And uh, for me, um, this is not about uh, celebrating a legal tender law, and it's not about celebrating the president of a country. It's not about uh, celebrating McDonald's accepting Bitcoin. It's it's about the people of El Salvador and about Bitcoin, this this fantastic agreement that we have among each other around the globe uh, on this fixed set of fair rules that we have. And um, yeah, um, I, I think it's important because. Um, we Bitcoiners, we, we don't really subscribe to legal tender laws, do we? We don't like uh, people. We don't like to be told what to uh, what to do. We don't like uh, to be told what kind of money to use. Uh, but anyway, this is a a great day for El Salvador because this is the first domino in a uh, prisoner's dilemma type uh, game theoretical thing. This is the first domino. This is the first nation state that is on this train. And what, what they don't realize that they're doing is that they're they're uh, triggering an event, this prisoner's dilemma that will play out between nation states where the sooner you adopt uh, a sort of a Bitcoin standard and start stacking, uh, the, the more you have to gain because that's how Bitcoin is constructed, right? Uh, if you're later to the game, you don't get as much out of it as if you're earlier to the game. And this never stops. And what it does in the long run is that it it completely it makes the nation state as a concept pointless on a on a long enough time uh, on a long enough time scale. And so we're witnessing. The, the death of democracy and the rise of the sovereign individual, which is the next logical step in human societal evolution. Uh, so that's what I, what I want to start off with. And uh, that's what I want you to comment on and to begin the conversation around that and see where this leads us. So f feel free to, uh, to speak and... Uh, to reflect on this. I'll go. I'll go, Knut. How are you doing, bro? Uh, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for last time, Daniel. I really enjoyed that. No, no problem. And for the listeners, uh, Knut was um, driving through Europe and we actually got to meet in real life and uh, share some beers, share some wine and uh, some good times. Uh, it's, it's great to meet a Bitcoiner in real life that you've been speaking to over the last 18 months to two years. Uh, and it's always great to do that at a conference, but to be one-on-one -on -one and to have that uh, time together and just share ideas and actually see each other in the flesh, touch each other, hug each other, you know, and... and uh, hug each other? I don't remember that. 
Come on, man, you remember the, you remember the midnight skin. Yeah, we, we, we were supposed now, to keep that between ourselves, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was watching you on um, uh, Benny Sessions the other day, uh, Why We Are Bullish, and you were um, doing a good job of turning people's minds upside down with the thought of, because Alessandro was on there, El Sultan from Venezuela, where, where obviously we know that country has suffered uh, you know, terrible inflation. Uh, and you turned it on its head, and so we'll imagine the opposite. Can you riff on that again? Because I think that was a really cool uh, thing that you were trying to portray, and this is what's ultimately going to happen for the people in El Salvador. Yeah, I have a, I have an idea uh, about the future, and uh, as everyone with an idea about the future knows, uh, we, we cannot know if it's true or not. But as, as I see it, hyper-Bitcoinization has no end point. And hyper-Bitcoinization uh, will continue to happen. There, there is no plateau. There is no uh, the S-shaped uh, adoption curve of Bitcoin might be true for Bitcoin users, but not for Bitcoin's price. Because there's always more money and more productivity than there are people in the world. So when we're all on a Bitcoin standard and when this, when all the dominoes have fallen and uh, every country, every nation on earth is on a Bitcoin standard and then we live in a uh, sound money, global free market economy without interventionism. Uh, and that in itself is a much, much better tool uh, and a much, much better system for human progress in general. So the purchasing power uh, of a Bitcoin will go up even faster post-hyper-Bitcoinization. Um, and this is very hard to wrap one's head around, but imagine the the literal opposite of hyperinflation. Uh, hyperinflation means that the inflation rate goes up faster and faster every day. So now imagine the opposite of that, the, the purchasing power going up faster and faster every day. And that's that's my vision of what hyper-Bitcoinization implies. Yeah, that, that definitely fucks with your head. And, you know, if anybody else wants to chime in here, Guy, come on, don't leave us hanging. You've done, uh, you've done so much great work with Newt and uh, Yoni with the, uh, uh, the videos. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I can add uh, one uh, last point to that, uh, Guy, first, before, before you, to, to, to mess with your head even more. And that is... Uh, Bitcoin, as we know, is like the best technology ever invented or discovered for a store of value. Uh, and now with the Lightning Network, especially at McDonald's in El Salvador, uh, <laughs> it's becoming the best medium of exchange ever invented because the Lightning Network is so awesome. What I'm unsure of is if Bitcoin will ever be a good unit of account. Uh, and this ties into the uh, hyper-Bitcoinization theory, because if the purchasing power goes up and up and up uh, faster and faster indefinitely, um, then Bitcoin can never be a, a good unit of account, because uh, every good and service would have a very rapidly changing price every day. And that's not really good as a yardstick for 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 pricing stuff. Uh, so I think maybe even a kilowatt hour will be a better store of value in the in the future, or a liter of milk or something, than a bit than a Satoshi's will, 
because sooner or later, uh, one single Satoshi will be worth as much as the Mona Lisa. It's just a matter of time. You know, so in that context, I think um, when we're talking about, like, I think inevitably Bitcoin becomes the, necessarily becomes the best unit of account because what it means when Bitcoin's price or when Bitcoin's purchasing power goes up. After Bitcoin is totally market saturated, when Bitcoin becomes the dominant monetary medium, like when that J curve kicks off, it will be in the, it'll essentially be the other half or the flip side of the coin of the end of all fiat money. It will simply become in the same way that it's a little odd today, even though we still do we still actually do this because we have so many currencies around the world, because we have so many artificial barriers to monetary mediums. It's still a little odd to think of the price of the dollar because we price things in dollars, because most of the world is on a dollar standard. I think these, the Bitcoin standard will be far more ubiquitous, I guess you could say, far more pervasive than the dollar is, simply because those artificial barriers don't exist. Just like uh, Aaron Van Wordham posted today about he got a little QR code to pay for his McDonald's in El Salvador, and uh, you know they accepted Lightning. Is it? He shows that QR code, and literally anybody in the world with a Lightning wallet can pay it. Those those quote unquote jurisdictional barriers simply do not exist in a Bitcoin denominated world on the Bitcoin infrastructure. So because of that, when you look at the end game of Bitcoin becoming the dominant, uh, the dominant, mo dominant monetary good, any increase in the growth of Bitcoin's purchasing power is only a descriptor, is only a indicator of the growth of the actual economy. So the only reason Bitcoin's pur uh, purchasing power goes up at that point is our ability to produce the amount of goods and services in the world are increasing. So as the one complete, like perfectly static or perfectly scarce uh, monetary goods on the planet, it becomes the best unit of account because it's the only one actually telling us how much the world is growing. The thing is, is that we expect technology and everything to continue to accelerate. And in 20 to 30 years, that growth could be substantial. We could be seeing 10%, 20%, 50% like global growth in technological expansion because there's so much untapped potential that's gotten poisoned, that's been parasitically drawn by the fiat system. And there's so much of the world that's still poor that's got a century to leap ahead. You know, all of Africa right now, we're seeing this, this breakout of some of the poorest places in the world actually being able to leapfrog 100 years of infrastructure build out where they don't have to put in dial-up lines and then broadband lines and then fiber lines and then cell phone towers. They jump straight to cell phone towers. They don't have to put in old key, like old uh, you know, desktop computers and then slightly better ones, and then go to IMAX, and then get mobile computers, and then get mobile phones. They sh jump straight to mobile phones. And the amount of capital and innovative potential that gets unlocked when you do that for 3 billion people around the world, you could see 50%, 100% growth in countries like that. I mean, Bitcoin alone, 40% of the remittances in Nigeria, 40% uh, of the GDP in Nigeria is remittances, 
you're talking about a 40% growth just because you solved the remittance problem. You didn't even, not even doing anything actually in the economy to build out the infrastructure and, you know, have new enterprise, just solving the fucking drag on the economic system that is the gross fees and capital controls and delays through the financial system, we're talking about a 40% increase in the GDP. And we're talking about potentially seeing that all over the world in so many different places and unlocking so much untapped potential in the next 20 years. But it necessitates that that purchasing power, it does become a good medium of account or a unit of account because it's simply telling us what's true in the world. There's no other real way to measure it without a sound monetary good to compare to. It becomes the totem that tells us, well, holy shit, the world is growing this year um, because uh, it's all about the economic productivity and capital that's available in relation to exactly 21 million Bitcoin always. Yeah. Um, yes. Um but we're, we're, we're still talking about this in terms of GDP, and GDP itself is a, uh, is a somewhat dishonest metric, or a very dishonest metric, because it doesn't really reflect how much uh, actual human progress is happening and how much the um, purchasing power should go up. I think Bitcoin's price is already a reflection of how, how full we've been how fooled we've been by by fiat money and how how much cheaper uh, production and transportation and everything has already become um, over the years. And uh, the reason I, I uh, suspect that Bitcoin might never be a good unit of account is is because of the 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 the, the staggering uh, amount of progress that will happen after. Uh, when we're when we're all on a Bitcoin standard, because I don't believe we can even imagine what that looks like and how effective that is. Uh, I think it's akin to if you if you think of hardware uh, uh, or hard drives, uh, computer storage since the 80s. Uh, I mean that has had an exponential growth that was even no one no one in the 80s could imagine streaming video. So, uh, and I think that we're, we're in for a similar ride with Bitcoin and purchasing power. Yes, anyone else has a comment on that? Hmm, let's see here. Where do yeah. No, no one has any comments. <laughs> GDP and GDP per capita are one of like the worst kinds of dishonest measures that you could have. Like GDP per capita. 100%. That's 100%. That's like volume in a country will be distributed equally among citizens, which is a bit weird, right? It just divides by population. Yeah, that is weird. No, I totally agree. Um, and but that's that's exactly why I think 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 about it in the context of a just a sound money standard. Like GDP is this weird like government amalgamation to attempt to measure something that money does naturally if you don't fuck with its supply. So. If we have, if you're looking at a whole economy and it all uses one currency and that currency has a million units and one of those units increases in purchasing power roughly by 5% at the end of the year, there's that much deflationary pressure. 
And nothing has changed as far as people coming into or out, out of that economy. It's just the growth in the economic system. The deflation of the money, the increase in its purchasing power is exactly the measure of how much additional economic capital is available. Uh, like the, the, it's, it's explicitly the growth of the economy that makes the money more valuable, all of other things held constant. Well, so well, guys, what the government guys, does... There's, there's, yeah. there's one other thing that isn't constant, and that is the amount of lost Bitcoins, because the, the more... Oh, sure. The, sure. the, the more gift, widespread Bitcoin gets, the more Bitcoins will be lost forever. And this is a process that would only speed up over time since more and more people will have their hands on some Bitcoin and they will disappear. So, so this is also driving the purchasing power up uh, at an ever increasing rate. Certainly. There's, there's always, I mean, technically that happens for any currency, but it's going to be far more pronounced in Bitcoin because you don't create any more Bitcoin to account for any lost. Um, but I also think as Bitcoin becomes more established, um, we get past the learning curves and it becomes saturated in the markets, the, the amount of Bitcoin that is lost will continue to decline more and more over time. I and mean, we, we've already seen that, and I think that just continues sort of indefinitely. And maybe it actually continues largely kind of in relation to the having that, you know, the less that Bitcoin is actually created, we're also seeing the literacy of Bitcoin and the number of uh, fail-safes and backups to make sure that we don't lose such a precious asset I'll, I'll continue to, to lower the amount of Bitcoin that is lost as well. I have to slightly disagree there because there's one metric uh, speaking against that. And it's the fact that the, the uh, uh, number of users that own one Bitcoin or less is growing in numbers or 10 Bitcoin or less, that's, that's also growing in numbers, while the whales are decreasing in numbers. And the more users you have that have only a few Bitcoin, the higher the risk of them losing. I mean, more people, more risk, right? So I've got a related question, if I can ask. I think it's related. Um, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, I guess at some point, that as Bitcoin gains more and more value, that even a single Satoshi would be worth whatever the number you said, but it was a large number. Is it although more than the more Sure. Obvious, obviously still a, a more sound money than what we have today. How, how would that not continue to, uh, you know, continue a situation where potentially the have the, 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 you know, the distance between the haves and the haves not could still be fairly significant unless it does distribute fairly evenly like you are mentioning as well. In other words, yeah, there's yeah, some that's, issues there. That's like uh, an argument you hear a lot that the uh, uh, that the wealth gap will increase because of Bitcoin. But I don't believe that at all because because of this metric I, I mentioned before, like the, the fact that the number of users with one Bitcoin or less is growing in numbers. Because all you need to do uh, is acquire at least one or no, all, all you need to do is to acquire uh, at least some. And that in the so future, what, okay, so might I even be sub-Satoshi and, and you're on board. And another point to that is that uh, the Bitcoin economy existing is good even for those people that don't have a single Bitcoin or a single Satoshi. 
even even those people uh, will uh, benefit from a, a global sound money non-interventionist system. I mean, presumably at some point, that's what they'll decide to get as they work and, and do stuff anyway. In other words, maybe they don't have any at some point. But I guess the one other question, if you don't mind, that I'll ask again, that's somewhat related. I would be curious to know why uh, why it's the thought that, you know, whales will, you know, basically continue to to sell their Bitcoin and, and, and will have a more widely distributed uh, well, that's, you know, ownership. It would seem to me like the whales would would wise up. No, that, that's 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 kind of easy to describe because they do get richer in dollar terms, very much so. If you have an asset that increases by two hundred percent per year, but that is also kind of hard to secure and hold hold over time. Uh, so the whales have an incentive to sell some of it and to diversify somewhat if, from it. And this is the mechanism that 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 distributes the the bitcoins. Uh, so whales have an incentive to uh, uh, to to sell off some of it as it grows in purchasing power. And uh, sure. so, I guess the question is how much? Because are they still? They may still disproportionately be you know hold significantly more than the average person. So. Yeah, they are. But but that that's true for the the legacy economy as well. Uh, let's not forget that. And that, that well, if you look at the actual numbers and the assumed users in Bitcoin, it's actually distributing wealth by doing the exact opposite of what the central banks are doing when they're claiming to be redistributing wealth. Yeah. No, I, I certainly agree that the current system is, is not good. That's for yeah. sure. So. <laughs> but but the, the hard thing to wrap, wrap one's head around here, I think, is that even people without a single Satoshi will benefit from this because the, uh, the people around them will be so much wealthier and so much more, uh, they will have freed up so much more time than they have now when everyone is working nine to five at least uh, and overtime all the time just to just to pay off their mortgages when we have a world where people actually have savings uh, when most people do uh, because they actually hold something that stores value over time and increases in value over time uh, then we have freed up their their time so that that people can actually take care of each other instead of just pretending to take care of each other so i don't no, see I while I love that thought, I don't know that everyone is is you know so morally um, you know self dispositioned that if they only had time they would just do amazingly great things for the world. No, no, you know, no, no, not, definitely, definitely not everyone, but uh, like enough of us would <laughs> like yeah uh, char charities and and like uh, voluntary uh, help organizations can benefit immensely from bitcoin just look at wikileaks uh, or or there there are countless examples of of uh, help organizations that already today are are using bitcoin and uh, are being able to help a lot more people because of its increase in purchasing power. So I do have one more question, if I can. I really appreciate being able to be involved. I, I'm curious. Do you do you think those that are on the panel or whatever think that we were going we're also going to have to uh, 
see changes in laws to where, you know, spending our Bitcoin isn't a taxable event before people are going to start spending it. I mean, I, I just don't see buying a pizza with, with uh, Bitcoin, you know, anytime soon. No, and if you if if you understand Bitcoin properly, uh, chances are that you will never want to buy a pizza with it, uh, because it's much better for you to first and foremost not eat pizza, but but also to hold the Bitcoin longer and uh, wait for its purchasing power to go up. However, uh, whatever laws uh, are written in what jurisdictions and whatever uh, should not really be of concern to Bitcoiners, because Bitcoiners is, Bitcoin is designed to, uh, to not care about that. I mean, they're, they're still uncensorable uh, enough to, to, to make it. You can just move to another jurisdiction if you find it hard in your jurisdiction. There's always a, a, like a technical solution to, uh, to use Bitcoin in, uh, in spite of draconian laws that tell you what to do with your money. I just want to round this, this topic off with like socialists will never buy this narrative because they're, they, they think that wealth distribution needs to happen uh, top down and they cannot imagine that a system where wealth redistribution happens all by itself uh, naturally. But that's what absolute scarcity does. And there are actual figures that, that show that this is happening. I wanted to uh, touch on, uh, kind of revisit, re, uh, revisit a couple uh, comments Guy had and kind of reframe it. Uh, I'm convinced that like uh, Bitcoin mining hash rate will ultimately be used as a like a decentralized and uncorruptible price signal. And, you know, uh, I want to kind of just add the fact that remember that the Byzantine general problem has to do with timing and coordination of action. And, you know, and I'm convinced that the market, a global market that is pinned to hash rate as a decentralized price signal will be able to coordinate effort in, a, in, 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 in such a way that we will maximize like global production like we have never seen. And I think that that was, uh, you know, part of what I was hearing with Guy and as far as like the global market and trade is we're going, we haven't even, we haven't even seen the level of production in the future because of this like, the the ability to coordinate action on a global scale using a an, an uncorruptible price signal. So I wanted to add that to the conversation as you know, and this even ties into some of this like social stuff. It's like you know, and the altruism thing is like you know. Guess what? Like when the people are operating on a level and fair playing field, and they and they have the ability to accumulate wealth. Like there's been research that suggests that humans like innately are altruistic and charitable. Like, guess what? When, when we're on a level playing field and, and we have financial security and like physical security and abundance, guess what? More and more people will practice altruism and charity and 
art and all the like higher like you know things in civilization like where we're currently at like we're not playing on a level playing field and so like we're constantly behind the ball but i'm convinced uh in a global like decentralized bitcoin like marketplace like and playing on a level playing field, like all this other stuff is going to just, uh, you know, people will be able to have the extra time to, you know, be artistic or musical or practice charity. I, you know, back to the whole Bitcoin fixes this. It's like, I think that once we have this like global, uh, decentralized and uncorruptible price signal and everybody can coordinate their productivity and effort like we're gonna like maximize productivity like we have never seen anyway i just had a couple comments on that so thank you for your time and uh can we, before, before you uh before you answer on that um just to build on on those thoughts about the the hash power uh, you know, bouncing this idea around um, before with, with SAFE about um, the difficulty adjustment, which obviously is a direct result of the, the hash power, and the difficulty adjustment becoming like uh, the new Fed. So instead of the Fed meeting, whatever it is, eight times per year to tell us exactly what our uh, interest rates are going to be, people are going to be looking at the difficulty adjustment every two weeks. They're going to be watching it very, very closely every day, possibly, because it can gap pretty pretty hard i i think you know and you read nick batia's money uh, layered money his book sorry layered money and he talks about how bitcoin now is like uh, the new base layer of this um this pyramid that's going to get built on top of it and markets are going to be made around the the difficulty adjustment and the difficulty adjustment is going to be the pure price signal uh which people are going to be following and it's based on as um the, the guy just here, I, I can't see your name, sorry, uh, was explaining uh, based on the hash power. So over to you, Canute, to, to get your kind of thoughts on, on that. Yeah, I, uh, I totally subscribe to that idea. Uh, the difficulty adjustment is the, the, among the most beautiful things in Bitcoin. It's what, uh, uh, it's what makes Bitcoin time. And if you haven't read uh, Der Gigi's uh, wonderful article, uh, Bitcoin is time. I suggest you all go and do that right after this, because that's the, like one of the most profound articles uh, in Bitcoin I've ever read. So read Layered Money and Bitcoin is Time by Gigi. Um, Gigi is on a honeymoon, by the way, so that's why he couldn't join tonight, unfortunately. You know, All right. one more comment on that as far as time and back to this idea of the general's problem as far as coordination and timing, like that's critical is, is we have not only uncorruptible and sound money, but we will also have a global and uncorruptible timekeeping device. It's critical for like global coordination. Like sure, the Gregorian calendar and some of these other ones are useful for certain things, but we're gonna be able to like coordinate into the future based on block height. Like that's also a critical thing. Like, you know, as far Absolutely. as this transition to a 7 global community, yeah. we have a uncorruptible timekeeping device that is critical for coordination yes. of effort i i am i'm sure that <laughs> at at one point in time we will uh, we will stop using the 
uh, Gregorian calendar uh, and start using block height instead. Because why should we like? Uh, why should we count time on the the presumed, the alleged birth of a carpenter two thousand years ago, uh, when when we could when we could use something that had actual value for humanity? That's uh, the provoca the provocation of the day. Thank you. <laughs> now then, I guess I'll just have to jump. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to jump in there. We're going to get there. It's going to be anti-Jesus. I, I don't think, you know, that that's a little off. No, I Socialist donor scheme, walls redistribution can happen best from top to bottom. 
for that to happen, Bitcoin has to be the only currency, right? If you meant it like in times where gold was the only currency, someone has to spend their gold, which is finite to get something. So redistribution is guaranteed to happen unlike fiat economies where the powerful person can just print it. But there's finite money to be redistributed if Bitcoin becomes the only currency, right? If it doesn't succeed at that, would redistribution... Uh, but no, 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 no. There's there's more to that than that. That that is because you differentiate between currencies and other goods now, and you don't really need to do that. <laughs> um, precious metals. There are factories. There are a, a lot of other things than Bitcoin that you can own, and as long as you don't distribute those as well, you're not really distributing redistributing anything. So you have to you have to take everything into account, not only the money. I think uh, Bitcoin Mechanic, you're up now. I, I've been trying to get you back up on for the stage. Did, did it work? I see the request there. I don't know. Can you, do you see the request from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm uh, trying to figure out how to tackle the requests now. I think I. Yeah, I'm improving uh, grass-fed Bitcoin, unless perhaps he's having the same problem that Guy had. You maybe need to be on a phone if you're on your desktop, switch to your phone. Uh, Guy, you think yeah. your, your dog has something to say? Yeah. And just... <laughs> the dogs are going crazy right now. Give me one minute. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Guy, okay. uh, you know, we, we were talking about Nick Bautier's book, Layered Money, and uh, obviously Bitcoin, uh, excuse me, Knut's books on, on Bitcoin, his two books and his many articles, and Gigi, or Gigi, however you want to throw Gigi, uh, Bitcoin is Time article. Someone out there has has read all of these somewhere on, on a particular platform. Uh, who I don't that? know. Like, who is that guy? There's, there's some crazy fucker that reads all this Bitcoin like uh, content. <laughs> yeah, out loud also. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I don't know. He's, he's met, like a maniac. He's, he's, yeah. he's, read, he's read more about Bitcoin than anyone else you know, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> I heard yeah, that. Yeah. I heard that too. I got like a yeah, email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Diego and Timescape and Mechanic has, uh, I think I may turn them into speakers. I, I'm not sure. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, how, <laughs> how you doing, Mechanic? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, I think Spaces is really buggy today, but uh, I restarted the app. Now it looks like it might be working all right. How are you all doing? Nice to hear a British voice. Doing great. Nice to be talking with you again. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Daniel, I've yet to be introduced, but you run the, the Galileo School thing, right? Is that right? Uh, I'm very close to it. I don't run it. No, the, the, the founder um, is a guy called Vlad Stan. He's, he's been on the podcast before, so you'll be able to go and, um, and check it out with him. But uh, um, yeah, I was very close to the formation, and um, I've got three kids that uh, that use it. They're on the platform there every day. They love it, and it's um, it's it's brilliant. So I, I will I will stay very very close to the project, uh, consult with them, and um, yeah, be um, be very much on um, on the cheering side of what they're doing for you know redesigning education as we know it and, and giving families around the world an opportunity to look at the education system and, and have a realistic option now uh, for, for their kids to join. Yeah, man, I've got to say I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I don't want to completely uh, gate crash this whole thing where with that. I'm not affiliated with it in any way, but this unschooling concept of like, that speaks to me, man. School did a lot of damage to me. It took me a long time to learn to think again and 
And, you know, Bitcoin thankfully accelerated that and allowed me to ask questions again and all, all that good stuff. So I'm pretty happy at the moment. But when it comes to my kids, we're certainly looking at Galileo for sure. Yeah, great to hear, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, there's um, there's a few other interviews I can probably point you towards. Uh, uh, the, the one with Sir Ken Robinson, uh, Naomi Fisher, she's on there as well, and Peter Gray. Uh, they will all, you know, get anybody looking to unschool or de-school themselves, which is what you're talking about. But, you know, even as adults, we need to de-school ourselves because we were all brainwashed. Uh, there may have been some homeschooled adults in the uh, audience, most likely not, or very, 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 very few. We were systemized, man. Like uh, we, we were totally, totally brainwashed and, and walked through that system. It takes a lot to de-school yourself. It's, uh, it's a journey. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the most uh, <laughs> fascinating thing about the schooling in the entire world is how little they mention how money gets created. Uh, I, I, I know of no one that has ever heard anything about that in school ever. And that's like the the real don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain thing that they're doing with all schools. And you know what hit me the other day, Knut, as well? Uh, I went throughout my whole high school and then um, even a, a couple of years after, like doing A-levels as they call it in the UK, without learning anything about the law, like zero, nothing at all. So you're not talk about you're not taught about private property rights, natural law, bodily autonomy, anything like that, or anything to do with money. And you cannot tell me that's not been designed by, you know, by choice. That that, that is a top-down decision, a hundred percent. Did you all see the um, uh, that article? Someone published a clip from it where. Uh, it was an excerpt of uh, American military trying to explain their experience, trying to explain ta uh, taxation to Afghans. And the Afghans kept responding with, that just sounds like theft. Uh, can you explain? <laughs> that was... <laughs> Did you know that's beautiful? That's <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, and uh, we, uh, I, uh, I, of course, was schooled in, in Swedish public schools, and we had ex uh, the exact same school schooling program as the ddr back in the 80s and back in the 70s and 80s uh, uh, i'm born in 76 so i started school in the early 80s but uh, yeah i remember uh, i remember uh, seeing like uh, not moving pictures but <laughs> unmoving pictures i don't know what you call them like uh, the ability, yeah, pro, pro, projected uh, pictures with uh, like a, a a narration going in the background, uh, telling us about Darwin and Marx, uh, and this was this was like high up in school. This was during the mid '90s, and they told us about Darwin and Marx and how Darwin uh, figured out how evolution worked. And basically, how how Marx figured out how humans could like elevate themselves beyond evolution, and <laughs> how we could control people and control evolution, and <laughs> that that was like, and the whole thing ended with like, and uh, nowadays uh, a third of the world's countries is run by uh, is a communist state, and we're just we're we're becoming more and more every day. Uh, like that was the. That was a big thing during the Cold War, like the Soviet Union and the U.S. were viewed as 
like uh, similar powers in the world uh, uh, from a Swedish perspective. Can I ask? Uh, I don't know if this has been brought up yet, but like obviously there was a massive price dump today, um, uh, and we've got Bukele trolling the IMF, right? Um, is there is there anything more than just trolling? Like I know it's ridiculous trying to backwards rationalize market movements, but is there actually something there? Like, is there some sort of conspiracy here or planned attack to to make it to make El Salvador look stupid, or is it just sell the news? I think it's a combination. Sell the of news, both. probably. I, I really think it's. Uh, I think it's the typical sell the news, um, combined with people definitely taking advantage of the situation to make El Salvador look stupid. And I don't think that necessarily means that the IMF has some secret account that they're dumping on Bitcoin or the World Bank or whatever. But um, there's there's enough little like, huh, things going on today that somebody is taking advantage of that. And it could merely be that somebody is trying to make a lot of money off crashing the uh, leveraged longs in the market right now um, because everybody was a little bit over exuberant about this rumor finally becoming news. And there's always sell pressure when you hit that point. Um, but I think the legacy markets have been yeah, yeah. loving, just loving how open and just lever over leveraged these markets are. Because I mean, if you look at like just DeFi and like all the crypto bullshit, it's like 90, the, I saw something recently, it's like 95% like literally institutional traders that are just throwing these things around and just milking the average normies for everything they can. And I think that's just all the trading markets. I think all this bullshit is just noise. And, um, and you know, basically the only way to take advantage of it and not play their game is to just buy the dip. Um, but I think there's a little bit of concerted effort for people who want to see Bitcoin fail to take advantage of this. And I think they are. Yeah, but... but but Bitcoin was at at this, these levels like two weeks ago. Exactly. Sure. Let's not forget yeah, sure. the time frame yeah. here. It's like it's it's just a it's just a natural market movement. Uh, it might as well just be that. And I think Bukele is just trolling the IMF and getting a cheap laugh. Yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, yeah, they, like the IMF would have had to own lots of Bitcoin to dump it in the first place, right? You know, Eddie Murphy tapping his forehead me like can't crash Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin first. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, man, it's good to speak to you guys. I miss you guys. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, a bunch of us here in this room uh, in Mexico at the Bitcoin Standard Conference. That was amazing. We're about to head back to Mexico uh, in two days. I cannot wait. Um, oh, obviously we. Oh, you are? Yeah, man. We're getting out of Canada yeah. because, I mean, did you see Francis Puglio's tweets today? Uh, Quebec has now said you're not allowed. Uh, there's some ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. It's not quite clear, but like some people are saying it's not this, it's not quite that. But it's pretty much the case that in Quebec, it looks like you can't even get into a hospital unless you're vaccinated. And that's pretty. That's pretty extreme. God. No, and I think they they're gonna move. Why? I think they're moving that to. Why? Why? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Can I, why? Why would hospitals? Yeah, why would hospitals take care of sick people? That's outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, the logic of it is so screwed up. Like it's not even that 
they won't take care of sick people. It's that they won't take care of people that might be sick because they didn't take a vaccination. Uh, like when it's absolutely like it's just so. Yeah, it's a hospital. It's, it's a moral judgment. It's a moral judgment. It's got nothing to do. All of the excuses of oh well, they're more likely to get sick. It's like so. Are you saying that somebody who drives a big car versus somebody who drives a motorcycle? That we're going to make a moral judgment that the person who rides the motorcycle is more likely to get injured. Therefore, we're not going to accept them into the hospital because they're taking a risk that I don't agree with. Um, or uh, somebody who <laughs> yeah, smokes or eats potato chips every day. Yeah. I mean, there's Here's so them. many thousands of things that are orders of magnitude worse than not getting vaccinated. When vaccinated people still catch it. Everybody I know in my like common circles <laughs> right now who's sick at the current moment I have been vaccinated. Like it's not like some it's not like a fucking magic wand where like they just make it go away. It is absolutely a 100% risk assessment and choice for the people who have some degree of risk. And if there's a high risk, fucking go get it. Okay. But the idea that we're going to make a moral judgment, it's the it's the politicization of fucking everything and it's a disease. It is it is the way like I I say it all the time I use the analogy that to politicize something is to make people go to war over it. You can you can start a war between the people who like Chips Ahoy and the people who like Oreos if you make it a government decision as to which one people have to eat forever for the rest of their life. You can have a war about the dumbest fucking shit ever because- Pineapple on pizza, pizza, guy. For real. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Someone will slit somebody Guys, else's uh, throat over pineapple yeah. on pizza if there's a government yeah. decision deciding which one we're going to do. Uh, Bitcoin fixes all of this in the long run, right? With, I can't wait for the uh, healthcare system on a sound money standard, which is one that actually works because like insurance works as it should and like actual price signals focus on and not uh, like uh, yeah because what we have now like the, there's not there's no such thing as a private healthcare system in a in a market that has been tampered with all the time so so even the commercial healthcare systems aren't aren't functioning as they should because we're living in an interventionist world anyway i think we have we're running out of time fast here lucas aren't we yeah we are. Um, Erich is here. Uh, uh, so next up is Cuba. Um, Knut, I have a question. You're asking about Chivo Wallet. And um, actually, there's there's a guy that uh, did post a lightning payment request uh, uh, with Chivo Wallet. Um, it's 20,000 sats, though. So if you want to have the honor of uh, uh, Paying him twenty thousand, you can be, uh, you can do the lightning payment right now. All right, so I'll uh, I'll uh, check that out after after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, thanks everyone. I hope you found this um, somewhat, uh, if not, you know, enlightening, at least entertaining. We went off topic a couple of times, to say the least, but it's always. It's always uh, nice to riff on ideas like this. And thank you, Lucas, for pulling this together and uh, for inviting me to, to co-host the thing. And uh, 
Daniel, I think I'll call you after uh, afterwards. A quick call if that's okay. If that's okay. All right, brother. Take care, guys. Great to be up here. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Guy. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, yeah guys. I'll take it easy. Thank you very much, guys. This was awesome. Knut, it was a real home party. Sweden style. You even talked about Dia Bilder, which is uh, very good. <laughs> 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 <laughs>